Welcome to Create Beauty Every Day, a podcast where we talk to people about how they create beauty every day. I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick, and this podcast is brought to you by HookingRugs.com, where you can get everything you need to create beautiful rugs. That's how I create beauty every day. So now, on with the show. Hi, I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick. Welcome to Create Beauty Every Day. Here today, I am with April McKinnon, who I have known for a long time. Hey, hey, April. Hello. I don't know. It's been 10 or 15 years, eh? Probably 10. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, April uh, owns Anointment Soap, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful soap that I've used for years. And I I texted April the other day, and I said, do you want to do a special... um, scent for us like black spruce and lavender because the company that was doing it is no longer doing it and she said she sent me this text back hi deanne i have also cut way back in our soap production in 2020 and i'm not taking any custom orders right at the moment sorry i said no worries i understand and then she said 2020 was a year of great clarity and big changes yes like that is like red flag i want to talk to you And and uh, and how you come to clarity and change it. So tell us tell us about how your business, what your business has been. Yeah. So I mean, uh, anointment started as a farmers market soap table in Halifax. You know, nearly twenty years ago now, and um, for the longest time, soap was what we were known for, what people wanted from us, um, and. Um, my background in particular has been more so in the baby industry. I came to anointment. Uh, so I took it over in 2009 from the original owner and I came to it from the standpoint of having owned a retail store, natural parenting retail store. So, um, you know, wooden toys, cloth diapers, natural skincare, all of those kinds of things for pregnancy and postpartum and for new baby in particular. And um, I, you know, I love our soap. I love our soap very much. Um, But I found it really hard to align my passion for uh, supporting parents in their transition to new motherhood along with just soap. And so for the last, I'm going to say seven years or so, I have been building Anointment as a baby brand while trying really hard not to let go of the soap and all of the other things that we have always done forever because people, you know, over the course of nearly 20 years, people come to rely on you for specific things. Mm. Um, and in 2019, I, I was really looking for clarity. I resisted for a really long time, um, leaning into being a baby brand because the baby market in Canada is not only a highly, highly competitive market, but it is a very small market. Um, so I didn't want to put all of my eggs in one basket. And then, um, you know, I started reading some business books. I joined a peer group. I was talking to friends. I started my podcast and I realized, you know what? I really am still really, really passionate about new parenthood, about new babies, about natural skincare. And when the pandemic hit, 
it sort of brought everything into sharp focus really quickly because all of a sudden all of our retail stores were closed through March and April and our website sales went up. I laid off all of our staff. So it was just me touching every single product from, you know, from making it to packing it to shipping it. And until about August, I was packing and shipping the same 10 things over and over and over and over again. And they were all pregnancy, postpartum, and new baby products. And so it became really, really clear just looking at the numbers. I will say in March and April, soap sales did take a spike very briefly because everyone was being told to wash their hands. So soap sales went crazy for a short period of time. But then by August, it had sort of petered off again. And um, yeah, it just became very clear. It was time for me to lean into the fact that what we are is is a new mom and baby brand. And so I looked at the numbers and kind of got really, um, you know, I looked at them, I tried to look at them without emotion because there is definitely attachment that I have to a lot of our products. And where the numbers didn't make sense, I just started cutting them off the list. When ingredients run out or when um, labels run out, then that will be the end of those products. And a lot of those slow movers were various varieties of our soaps. Mm -hmm. So I've cut down from, I think we were making 14 different varieties of soap at the beginning of 2020, and we're now down to six. Wow. Yeah. That's a big change. So it's really just streamlining the process. And what's interesting about it is that you, um, there is a saying um, about the difference between scaling and growth. And I think for a long time, I really misunderstood the difference. For example, in 2017, I had taken on many, many um, custom product contracts where I was formulating an entire line of products for a customer, making it, branding it, shipping it to them and then they would sell it. And I thought, okay, this is the way forward. We will be, you know, this is great income. We will be a manufacturing company. What came with that was growth, but also I now have to stock 50 different kinds of bottles for, you know, six or seven or eight different clients and all of these extra labels and all of these extra ingredients. And so the growth was coming with extra complication. Mm -hmm. And Yeah. And so what I realized in 2020, where I was packing and shipping these same 10 products over and over again, that when I reduced even just the soap, we've also let go of our men's line because that really doesn't align with, you know, supporting women in their life transitions, um, which will include menopause. We're working on some products that are, you know, will will kind of follow women through their entire reproductive trajectory, if you will. Um, yeah, that the revenue still went up and yet the complication of running the operations day to day went way down. So that was a huge revelation and a welcome change, I will say. <laughs> Even though it's been hard, it's hard to let go of your darlings. It's hard to let go of things, isn't it? What it is. is it that you think that we hold on to things that are not working for us? Oh, that's a good question. I think for me, a lot of it was um, fear of disappointing people. Mm-hmm. 
even when I let go of one or two soaps and I made the announcement, you know, you always get a few people who email and say, but that was my favorite and I loved that one and please no. And then, you know, I actually reneged a couple of times and said, oh, okay, well, we'll make you, we'll make a batch just to get you through it. And I regretted it every single time because it just further complicated the process. Um, so it was, yeah, a lot of it for me, it was about disappointing people. I don't know what others might feel about, yeah, so, about letting go of what doesn't work for them anymore. Yeah. It's about disappointing people. Yeah. What about letting go of the revenue that came from those products? Uh, the revenue was really nominal. It wasn't, it wasn't enough that I've even missed. And the products that sell well just continue to do better. And the more that I focus our marketing on those things, the better they do. So we're still like, we're still well above, like we actually grew in 2020, um, which I didn't expect after March and April, I thought, okay, well, it'll be just a, you know, a flat line kind of year, if not a little bit down, but we recovered and it was okay at the end and Christmas was very strong. So I can't complain. Um, yeah, so I really haven't noticed, I've actually noticed the opposite, that leaning into and speaking directly to one customer is far more effective than trying to speak a little bit to a lot of people. The, the message gets diluted too much. Now, April, I would have to say that that advice was probably given to you 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. Like yep. you've heard that advice because I've heard oh, that yeah. a hundred times, right? Yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Right. So what was it about this year that brought you, uh, that made you listen? You know, I've reflected on that a lot and I don't know if I fully have the answer yet, except that maybe it came from many sources all at the same time or in quick succession. You know, that saying of in advertising, you need to see something, whatever the repetitive number is, we'll say 12 times mm -hmm. in order to to register it i think the message was the same for me i needed to hear it from a number of different sources um to really believe that it was possible i think the fact that stores were closed and individuals were ordering also made a difference because stores don't always act the same as individual humans do as odd as that sounds because the stores are run by humans and they're being they're catering to their customer i always found that what stores were ordering were not was not necessarily what would sell if i was at a craft market or you know there was always a difference and so when individual people took the time to seek out our website and order directly from us i realized that okay this is something they need it's not just something they're buying because they happen to see it on a shelf. Mm. And I think that difference um, helped me believe a little stronger in, um, in what I am doing and kind of helped me grow my own confidence in my brand, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, tell, tell everybody what your website is, April. Yeah, it's anointment.ca and anointment is spelled A-N-O-I-N-T-M-E-N-T.ca. Yeah. Um, so everybody can go and sit and you do still sell soap. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the ones that sell great still continue to sell great. It's yeah. yeah. And that's, and you just really narrowed down. I'm really like, yeah. I feel like um, 30 years ago when I first started selling kits, 
maybe, well, 25 years ago, I guess, I was in the art gallery of Nova Scotia gift shop and there was this wonderful woman, Sandra Winter, who, who ran it. And she said, we don't need too much choice. Yeah. Tell me that 30 years ago, but I continue to increase the choice. Like, this is what I'm like. I have this, you know. Yeah. Like we have 400 patterns we have, right? And we, yeah. and, and you're right. Like there's some, some of the patterns are probably, we've sold one in 10 years. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I, and so I think what you're saying is really uh, important and, and good. But I bet, I bet if you were feeling that way in your business, I bet personally you had some clar clarity too. Yeah, I mean, it was a year of tremendous personal growth because I joined I joined a peer group with the Wallace McCain Institute, which is has been really, really challenging. Tell um, us about that. So, yeah, so the Wallace McCain Institute, this is I'm I'm the 13th cohort. So they've been doing this for the last 13 years, and it brings together a curated group of business people at various. It's not for startups. So you need to be reasonably established. Um, but the revenue um, levels of each person in the in the in our cohort can vary widely. Um, and it offers an opportunity. I, I have been looking at it from the sense that it's almost like having an advisory board. Mm -hmm. It's a group of people that you can bounce ideas off of. It's bound by strict confidentiality. So you can say whatever you need to say, whether it's personal or whether it's business, because you know that if you're not doing well in your personal life, your business is going to suffer and vice versa. It's not separate when you are an entrepreneur. Um, everything, you know, one, one basket feeds the other basket. Absolutely. So um, having that brought me a lot of clarity and also really challenged um, the way that I had been doing things because I have been working in isolation essentially for the last decade. You know, we were home based. Also, um, having complete staff turnover because of the pandemic. I was now like I did everything. I was doing production. I was doing shipping. I was ordering bottles and all of the things that I had wanted to fix in the past, but just, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I now had the opportunity to do it. So I was able to fix a lot of problems that didn't get solved prior, which, you know, helped with efficiency. Um, so it was just a really good opportunity to look at things through a different pair of glasses, mm -hmm. you know, and see it with new eyes. Yeah. Um, and then I also moved the business out of my house oh. in 2020. Great. Where did you move it to? So I am in a building in the Sackville Industrial Park. So it's not a retail store. It's not somewhere that people would come and browse, um, but it is our standalone production and warehousing area. And that also has been a breath of fresh air. It's nice to, uh, you know, it's nice to have that separation. And that was something that, you know, I had signed a lease actually on a different location that was supposed to start March 1st and then all things being what they were, circumstances changed. We, between the property manager and myself, we agreed it was no longer a good timing and a great fit. And so I was able to walk away from that. So I thought, okay, I'm just gonna lean into working at home like I have been, because my kids are home. I'm homeschooling now, uh, everybody's home, um, which was fine when I could manage it by myself. But then I realized, okay, I do need staff again 
how do you bring staff into your house in, if we need to quarantine? I can't have them come in if we, you know, if we're self-isolating or if we go into lockdown or if we have to split shifts and not be in contact with each other, which is what we're doing right now because my zone is in the red phase of recovery. So we are actually working, we sanitize our way out and then next person comes in and that's how we're working it right now. And that could not have happened in my house. So it was really a necessity to keep operating. Um, yeah, in the conditions that we're in right now. So all the change that you've made this year and all the change you've been through, do you feel, how do you feel about it all? Like what's, what's your feeling? I feel as though I'm still really in the thick of it. There are things that still need to be done in the building. You know, we don't have our dishwasher hooked up yet. I don't have a proper industrial sink. There's still equipment that needs to be purchased, but I feel, um, and I do still feel challenged because finding and hiring staff with the current situation we're in, because we are in this red phase, it's really difficult to determine how you're going to train someone and be in close contact with them while you're training. So all of those things are kind of on hold right now. I still feel a bit as though I am in not survival and not crisis mode, but that so much is still on my shoulders mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward. Now I need the team. Yeah. You need yeah. to get back. Now, were you able to get back most of the staff that you had laid off previously? Um, so the staff that I had laid off actually found jobs elsewhere. So, yeah. um, yeah, one person did come back. So I had hired someone, um, at the end of February and she worked for, I think six weeks before, or I guess I hired her at the end of January. She worked for about six weeks until March and then she was laid off. She did come back in July. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest have, have moved on now. Yeah. So now you have a whole new team. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had incredible change this year. It has been incredible change. Incredible change. Yeah. Yeah. But you look really happy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can see you. I know others can't, but April looks really happy. And, uh, you know, and I, I've seen you lots over the years. Yes. You have a, a clarity uh, of intention. Yeah. I, I mean, the the advice in business is always to have your niche and serve your niche. And like you said, I've heard that message a hundred times and still was, you know, too afraid to really lean into it. Yeah. And having the courage to actually lean into your passion. I guess I didn't, I wasn't sure it was actually going to work to be honest. You know, there's something, there's a cynicism about me sometimes (laughs) of, you know, well, but just because it worked for them doesn't mean it's going to work for me. But uh, I have a friend who um, is the founder of the beeswax wrap, um, the Abigo brand, Tony DeRosier. And she she gave me the advice years ago now. Um, she she calls it killing your darlings. And I think it comes from Stephen King. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, where he kills off characters beloved characters because they no longer fit the story even though it's heartbreaking and she said you just you know you just have to kill your darlings if they don't fit they've got to go and i i remember thinking oh my god i can't i can't i can't let go of x y or z people love it too much so Yeah. yeah i know there is something about serving your mission versus trying to keep the world happy Mm-hmm. Yeah, understanding what your mission, like yeah. in some time I found I, I had a similar experience in 2020. Um, I 
I uh, made made some like serious changes and and uh, and I find that once you make them, it's not as scary to make the next one. It's true. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I I also think that clarity came in 2020 because we had time to be alone and to be with yeah. ourselves. And I think like we had time to walk, time to run. Time yeah. To, you know. Yeah, uh, and really think things through. And it was on a walk that I made a couple of major decisions that, you know, changed the course of my business and really yeah. changes the course of when you change the course of your business as an as a small business and an entrepreneur, you change the course of your life. Yes, you do. You do really. Yeah. You know, just incredible. I'm really happy for you. I'm really glad that I talked to you today. Yeah, me too. And I, I will tell you, having to write that text back to you to say no was still really hard because I have spruce essential oil. I have lavender essential oil. It would be so easy, Deanne. <laughs> but, you know. But it would be the wrong decision, April. Yes, it would. And so I thought, you know what? I've made my decision. I need to stick to my guns and, you know, I need to stop being this people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And figure out what is right for my business. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Right for you. Because and what's right for me. You know, we're not like, we're, we're farmers, really. I always feel like we're, we're farmers. We, we wake up and we think about it and we take yeah. it with us. And, yeah. you know, like maybe we don't get up at four, right? Or maybe we have a little different schedule. But I feel like when you run a, a family business, it's kind of like a farm and, and you're living it. It's yeah. Your, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the other the other undeniable fact that came out of 2020 is when I was analyzing the sales in January of the previous year, there were five SKUs that made up over 55 percent of my sales. So thank you to those five SKUs. So thank you to those five SKUs. But that is very clear. Of those you know. five, really, like yeah. that's what would happen if and, and that that happened without really you paying attention to those. Yeah. Things. Yeah. What would happen if you nurtured them and loved them? And well, exactly. Them, right. Exactly. Which is where I am now, you mm -hmm. know, make them the best they can possibly be. What those five products are. So everybody who's listening knows. Yeah. So, um, our push, which is the perineum and bottom balm, which is a hemorrhoid cream and it's wonderful for perineal massage, um, physiotherapists, pelvic floor physiotherapists are recommending it. So it, it really has just gained so much momentum over the last 18 months or so and it shot right up nipple butter for breastfeeding moms our diaper rash cream baby bomb always leads the way and then our postpartum recovery kit which is a gift set that includes the perineum balm the um, nipple butter and some postpartum bath herbs and then uh, also our baby skincare essentials gift set so great yeah i mean you can see from that little that little selection exactly what people are looking for from us and it also provides me the opportunity to um to collaborate with other practitioners in the area so other pelvic floor physios doulas midwives and offer um you know um what's the word i'm looking for evidence-based education around those products and around birthing and around postpartum rehabilitation and around pelvic floor rehabilitation. So there are all of these, there's a huge education component to this as well for me, because I 
I feel like I was a very ignorant first time mom. You know, I thought I knew, I read the books. I thought I knew everything, but what you experience is not, it's never like the textbooks say. No, it's very individual. Yeah. Um, I got to ask you a little bit more about the Wallace McCain Institute. Yeah. I want to just, because there are lots of, that's an entrepreneurial program for New Brunswickers, I'm assuming. It's for anyone in Atlantic Canada. It is for anyone in Atlantic Canada. Yes. Canada. Yeah. And tell us what it's, tell me what it's about. Tell me how, how people find, tell people how to find out about it. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. So then actually nominations are open. So this is a good time. So it is uh, Wallace McCain Institute. So Wallace McCain, you know, it's uh, Wallace McCain was the. Yeah. Founder of McCain Foods in New Brunswick, and part of his uh, legacy was to invest in getting this group up up and running. And it's it's there to move Atlantic Canada business ahead because we do struggle here. We have a small economy. It is hard to get recognition and acknowledgement outside of our region often. Um, and so it is really there to help one of the taglines that they use often is it takes the alone away, which, yeah. you know, which yeah. I think is, is a very good way of summing up my experience. And it also helps you build your skills. So there are speakers that come in, it's work, there are workshops. It's a very, it's a very structured, um, it's two days a month that we, um, that we attend. Normally it would be in person right now we're on zoom. So there are speakers, there are workshops, you know, it's a structured event. And St. John or, it takes place yeah it does move a little bit normally um but the bulk of the sessions actually take place at um, a place called oxbow adventures which is a hunting and fishing lodge near miramichi and so um it's a lovely place to wake up in the morning and just work on you for a couple of days you know you work on you and then you come back completely energized about what what you can bring to your business having improved yourself and improved your confidence in your ability to lead your company so it's it's meant to help businesses grow bigger faster yeah yeah and do you join for a year or two years or you join for life wow yeah so it's a two-year structured program and then your cohort decides after that how you're going to meet going forward. And I think every group has a slightly different idea about how to do that, but um, it happens every year. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Any entrepreneurs. I I love how these people who get really, really wealthy love to contribute. Yes. (laughs) Like the McCain family. Yeah. Yeah. It's family, you know, can just see so many ways that they contribute to. Absolutely. Yeah, the Sobe family, like it's, you know, the Sobe Art Awards. Yeah, and it's a wonderful networking opportunity too. You know, I've had the opportunity to meet with individuals that I would never have access to otherwise, people at very high levels in these companies you're talking about. Yeah. Um, And also, it really, like your network is everything. Mm -hmm. Your network will help you, you know, when you get stuck, having someone you can turn to is, you know, is really huge because you do come to a place. I've come to a place now in business where my family doesn't understand my challenges. You know, this is not, this is not their dream. And so I can't, I can't take my problems necessarily to, or I shouldn't say problems, but the challenges that I'm facing 
to family members or to best friends. You know, I have some friends that are in business as well, but it just gives you another place to, to turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to find that April. It is hard to find that. And I like that they have set it up with such strict confidentiality that, like I said, you can come to them with a personal problem because the personal problem is impacting what's happening in your business. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got it, I had, um, for example, my son had to, he broke his arm, broke his elbow in the fall on his, uh, fell off his bike and I had to take him to the hospital for surgery. Mm-hmm. So I lost a bunch of time in my business. It was really stressful to go through that with him. And then there's a whole lot of rehabilitation that happens afterward and surgeon follow-ups and all of these things. And, you know, they were with me every step of the way. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah. you know, I had, I had individuals from my cohort calling me and making sure he was okay. And they always check in and see how he's doing. And it's, it's wonderful. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad that you yeah. have. Thanks for talking to me today, April. So it's my pleasure. Anointment.ca. Yes. And we are uh, separated right now. We can't see each other physically. I know. I know. There's that <laughs> oh, that invisible wall that's between us right now. Border. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you take care. And it, and yes, you too. CA. And I'm going to stop recording now, but stick around for a minute and I'll say goodbye. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Create Beauty Every Day. Today, we were with April McKinnon of anointment.ca.